Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, neighbors. It's Penelope Flynn, one of your Blurt Sasses next door, with the rest of the Blurt Sasses crew, Branson, Sonia, Otto, and Nikki. And tonight, we are going to be discussing here in the other hood our comfort food TV programs. But first, before we get started, we're gonna talk about the weather and I am dying to hear of someone having a better weather than we are here. So Cranston, top center, Paul Lynn, tell us, what's the weather like in Jacksonville? It has been in the, um, it says, right now it's 81 degrees, mostly cloudy. We've had intermittent rain that's cooling off, but most of it is teasing. It's kind of like they're pretending that it's going to rain, but it doesn't. But we've been in the mid to upper 90s most of the week, and we're just kind of used to it, but realize you shouldn't. It's not so much being in the heat, but it's breathing that hot air. Wow. I know that feeling. So you were in mid 90s pretty much all week? All week, yeah. Okay. Well, Sonia, how about you? Same thing, mid-90s all week? A little hotter, well, a little cooler, but right now we're hotter. And today it says it got up to 90. My car said it was 101, 105, which I know is a lot better than yours. But um, we did, we, the event we went to, one lady did pass out from the heat. Wow. So, <clears throat> and it only rains, only rains enough that... You can see the you can see the water on the sidewalk before it evaporates, wow. but you don't really see it entering the coming down from the sky. Wow, that is hot. All right, so Nikki, tell us the good news about your weather. Well, the hottest uh, the hottest it got was uh, ninety three. And it's 84 right now, but it's cloudy outside. We've been having a lot of rain. Oh, wow. That's, that's something. That is something. Yeah. It's, and it's only 84. And yeah. And see, my thing is, even if it does get up to 100 something, I would never know because I wouldn't be outside. <laughs> no joke. All right. Otto, please regale us with your weather report. Are you joking? Sunny Southwest. Are you you're joking, right? Yes, I am. No comment. Come on, come on, tell your tale. It's 101 at night, and it feels like 107. Yeah, and I was saying earlier when I was out and about driving around in my vehicle, the uh, thermometer, the temperature reading inside the car was saying 120. I'd never seen it that high. Yeah, and consecutive, mm. and no no rain since June. Yeah, and no rain in sight. Ooh. And no rain in sight. And all you see on your on your um, weather forecast when you look at your phone is nothing mm-hmm. but a bunch of suns, suns on Sunday, sun on Monday, sun on Tuesday. No clouds, no rain. 
Mm-hmm. It's hell, basically. It's like the earth is saying, you know what? Screw y'all. I'm going to fuck y'all up. And if you die, it's okay. Wow. Okay. Thank you. A positive messaging from Mother Nature down in this part of the country. So I'm glad that you all are doing somewhat better, right? And um, uh-huh. we get on to the project of our comfort. Uh, the Root article, I know that Cranston said it to me. And they were listing many of these programs that you know, we comfort, uh, TV, the shows that we binge, I guess we wanna feel better, warm and fuzzy, something of that ilk. But uh, they did their own list. And as I went through the list, I got to tell you, many of them were not shows that I would put on that list. There are a few. I can't say they're not all of them were not there, but there are a few that were. But the vast majority of them did not make my list. So I wanted to know, did everybody else feel the same way? Or do you know, or are you all um, with different shows as well? Um, if you look at this, like the 16 shows they had listed, some, like I said, do make my list but others not so much. Um, the ones they start out with is like, a, what is um, Living Single? And um, I watched Living Single when it came out originally. And uh, I liked the show when it came out originally because it was you know, kind of nice, and unique, you know, black singles life and it was very cute. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but even so, you know, there's some shows that you watch and the first time around, you really enjoy them, but you can't do them on a second go round. And that's what Living Single is to me. I enjoyed it the first time around, but it's not a show that I think I can watch a second time. Is it, does there, anybody else watch it as a as a comfort food TV show? Yeah, now, uh, but how come you like it the second time around? Was it because it was dated or just too familiar or you know what happened to the people or what didn't happen to the people? Right. The way- exactly. Especially, especially if you think about in terms of like, um, like Kyle and Max, you know. At the I very got tired of them. Yeah, I got tired of them. Yeah, I mean, I always loved Khadijah from beginning to end, but yeah, they mm-hmm. they went sometimes like too much of a good thing, and when you know what it was that they did with it, as you watch the beginning. And how it starts, and then, and also I don't like the the playing the dozens kind of the insult culture that they want to try That's to throw on black people. That's what I didn't like. I didn't. I don't like that. I I, I just you know, I don't like it. And you know, I was of course, only able you know, to take it, that show for just a just a few months. I couldn't deal with that. Every yeah, every episode. No. Yeah, no. and it's I don't like that kind of insult culture. But you know, I like That's, the interaction between. The female friends, I liked. Yeah. Um, I liked their, their, you know, the humor in it. But again, some of the stuff that you know what's going to happen, you know, it's kind of, you already know what's going to happen. And part of it was the, the uh, character development. What happens to them is the fun in the show. So I guess that's what, that's why, you know, Living Single, again, love the show when I first watched it. Um, they did have some, you know, spots that I could do a lot without. But all in all, it was a really good show, and um, but it's just not a show that I would I, I can watch again. There's many things that I can watch over and over. This is not one of them, and, and it's not a bad show. It's just that it's not one of those things I can watch over and over. How, and Chris, you say that it is one that you have on your list. 
for uh, yeah. yeah, and you, I watch it, but it's one of those things that you can watch, and you is it's kind of like if you don't pay too much attention to it, it's you know can't it's okay, but then after a while you said okay, it gets to be a little far. I have to say the good thing about them is different from the one that they uh, cloned to uh, put on NBC is that these people were still mostly grounded in reality. Yeah. That had things that, you know, that, that made sense. And uh, it wasn't, you know, the things that you said, okay, well, women, how can you be absolutely broke? There was one episode that I watched by accident of uh, Friends and the uh, plot, the A story was uh, Chandler had met up with an old girlfriend that he was trying to get away from. So rather than just saying, well, it's not going to work out, he decides to tell her he's being, tra- uh, his company is transferring him to Saudi Arabia or someplace that you wouldn't want to go. And he goes as far as buying a ticket there to convince her that he really is going overseas. And you said, mm-hmm. okay, that makes a lot of sense. The B story was that um, Courtney Cox's character uh, got got obsessed with this light switch in um, Joy and um, Chandler's apartment that she had to find out what was wrong with it. So these are people that are living, you know, like not even paycheck to paycheck. And so she starts out getting the plans from the uh, city to go through the building. She ends up hiring an electrician to track it down. I'm saying, well, how can she afford all of this stuff? And it ceases being funny because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yes. Stuff like that. You know, I, that's why, I mean, I know that's not on their list, which list, mm-hmm. but a show like that would not make, you know, my list because I don't like watching a show thinking that doesn't make any sense. That's not comfort food for me. That would mm-hmm. just irritate me. And I, I would not like to watch things that ultimately have the probability of irritating me. So, I mean, again, like, I, I don't know, Sonia, did you ever watch Living Single? Um, a little bit when it first came on, but I can't even find it nowadays on TV. Mm. Every time I look for it, it's like, oh, we had it for like two days yeah. or a week. And if you don't binge it right away, you just miss it. Right. <laughs> All right. So, so, um, Otto, did you have any comments about Living Single? I think, you know, the thing about uh, the, 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 you know, back and forth with insults. I mean, Fred Sanford does that. And I didn't um, like that either. With um, JJ does it with uh, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it in any case. I mean, I mean, you point out these other shows saying, they do it, mm-hmm. they do it. That doesn't mean I like it there either. But you know, but like people, ju- people don't not watch those shows because of the insults back and forth. That's not the reason that I don't watch it. Okay. As I was saying earlier, the reason I don't watch it is because I know how the relationships and stuff all end up. And a lot of that, the character development is like watching those relationships, you know, kind of build, you know, it's not just um, uh, Max and Kyle. Uh, what is the, the um, oh, the, the two ones that are so silly? Um, oh, what is her name? The the guy, uh, oh, who was the Sinclair, oh, yeah. Man. This is then how, yeah, and how their relationship comes about. So as you're watching it and you see it, you know, starting to move in that direction, 
that's the charm of it. But if you already know that that's what's going to happen, you don't, you know, you're not, you're watching it, but you already know. So you lose some of the charm in, you know, in that sense, you know, the, I don't, I think Regine's character pretty much stayed the same, you know, all the way through, um, but she could be counted on for that stability of always being that way all the way through. Same thing with Khadijah. But um, again, because they stay the same, and then you know the ones who are you know having these relationships and they're changing into that that romantic role and how it happens, then it's not as much fun to watch a second time around because you already know. You know? Mm -hmm. And uh, it just the writing is good. Um, but a lot of a lot of it's really um, less plot driven and more character driven. So if you know what's going to go on with all the characters, then watching it the second time around is not as much fun as the first time. That's all. I mean, I, it wasn't just the insult thing. You know, it's the whole, you know, thing. I mean, and uh, and I would say that and um, add to that that I would watch the Sanford and Son show. That would be a comfort food TV for me. Even with the, you know, cousin Esther it is for stuff me. on that floor. Yeah, it, it would be for me. So it's not the same, oh, even though that's on me. there. It would. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So we would both have that on our list for Sanford and Son would make my list, even though Living Single would not. And the other show you mentioned with the um, insults would not. It was good times. That would not make my list either. So, well, you know, but that's. Um, <laughs> So yeah, but, but the next thing on their list is blackish. Um, on their comfort food list. Now, yeah, uh, yeah, would that make your list, Nikki? Mm -hmm. Yes. Black and this yeah. other show, and this other show, it's still what you call it with Cedric the Entertainer, The Neighborhood. Really? Yeah, I like that you, show. You, I would watch, watch that. You know, you know what? I would watch that show. Uh -huh. If it if uh -huh. it didn't have if it didn't have a stupid laugh track, I can't stand, cannot stand, cannot abide by, cannot stand, cannot tolerate an audience or fake audience laughter. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that would make it hard to watch those kind of shows for you. Yeah, but I yeah, but see, I've never seen the show that I think I saw, like when it first came out, but I never really got into again. I'm the type of person, if no one else in the house is watching something, then I probably yeah. will not watch it. I'm not very good with knowing what channel things come on or what streaming service they come on. So if somebody else is not watching it with me that knows that information, I probably, you know, if it's not something that is, you know, happened to, you know, trip over when I'm on, on yeah. um, you know, on the, the television, then I probably won't see it. So I've never though. seen it, but if you think it's good, then I'll, I'll try to um, put it on the list and check it out. But I, I remember like the first couple of shows, I think, that I saw and never, ever got back to it. Does anybody else watch that oh. show or has seen it? I, I did. Mm -hmm. And how did you feel about it? Couldn't I couldn't abide by it, like I said. Oh, but the last yeah, I mean, the, yeah. you know, the last the show. Show. It's, it's, it's CBS. It's not... It's not cutting edge stuff, right? Number yeah. one, to me. And then number two, the damn laugh track, you know, 
most comedies have left that. I mean, you know, how many comedies do you have on television? Still got people laughing at jokes. So, you know, I, I kind of left. It, it could be a very good show, but, you know. Yeah, that's the thing that's hard for you to get fast. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. How about you, Chris? Have you ever seen it? I've actually seen it and watched it intermittently. It's not the it's not the best and most cutting edge comedy, and it's nowhere in the same um, in the same neighborhood as some of the other uh, not neighborhood. Okay, as uh, some other shows like um, Blackish or uh, even Insecure or or something. I was surprised to see that didn't make the list. Uh, it was Atlanta. Um, but it's not, it, they, they, they barely abort the uh, stereotype, the white folks, black folks, stereotypes and things like that. You know, like, like the white folks don't get exact, you know, don't get freaked out by black food and they don't criticize the other food too much, but they sort of meet in a kind of a mythical middle that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Occasionally they will tackle and, uh, a real world issue like being stopped unfairly by the police for no reason or something like that. There mm-hmm. was one episode that I thought they kind of shortcut it where um, one of the characters had a miscarriage and they just kind of like this. It was essentially like, walk it off, you'll be okay next week. And I'm thinking, well, it's going to be a little more complicated than that. So they do make an attempt to ground things in reality and do refer to, you know, problems that people would have in real life. So there are a lot of worse things on there and stuff, you know, but it's not like, you know, appointment television, really. It's more like I'm waiting for something to come on after this or before this. So I'm just going to watch, you know, watch the end of this on out. You're going to so make know, I don't know a bad huh, question. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Blackish. Is anybody watching Blackish as their comfort TV? I yeah, Blackish, Black-ish. I think it's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought the first season, first few shows of Blackish, I thought were unwatchable. I could not stand it. And um, I think, again, I, just, I said it before, the show's tenor uh, tone changed um, after uh, Michael Brown shooting. And you know they, you know they had, of course, you know still you know the comedic uh, portions of it, but they did not have Dre being such a clown, which I thought I thought was just ridiculous in the first um, several episodes. So I felt much better about the show after they reoriented themselves, and I found that you know I think while Kendra Barris you know did a really great job in the show. Until he left the show, we realized that nope, the show was great without Kendra Barris. And then the show that Kendra Barris did for, I guess, was it Comedy Central? Who was it he did that for? The show Netflix. Netflix, I'm sorry. And that was not a good show. So we find that, yeah, probably the other writers in the writing room uh, who were carrying that show because it continued being carried by them even to the very end and did an excellent job. But yeah, I would think that Blackish definitely after the first season, it was, you know, that is definitely good comfort food TV. Clever writing, you know, great characters um, that we get to know and, you know, and and we embrace them, we get mad at them, but it's like family. So, yeah, I think that would be a good comfort 
from TV. I'm, I'm giving myself a little blackish. Anybody else? Anything to say about blackish and their comfort level? Song you not my go it would it would be my go-to show for for comfort you know i, I mean i'm yeah. when i want comfort i want real i want comfort i want a big easy chair that's i can lay in and fall asleep in and blackish would fit that that menu for me mm -hmm. but it, it's a good it became a good show and you know anthony uh anthony was it was anderson anderson is fantastic fantastic actor um, mm -hmm. I, I love a lot of the episodes where they, yes. you know, talked about step and fetch it and some of these other black stereotypes you see in the media. But um, it's not my uh, cozy cup of cocoa slippers shoe uh, show. Excuse me, show. So, how about the next one on the list? Abbott Elementary. Has anybody not watched it? I haven't watched it yet. Ah, uh, game. I know. I didn't have a TV, and then when it finally started showing up on Hulu, I had to. We had had to drop Hulu, so I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Oh no! This yeah, Abbott Elementary is just a diamond. All the accolade that it receives, it deserves every bit of it. Well, I mean, it was. We were very tense. You know, the show about Philadelphia schools. We've had, you know, our own experiences when we were. You know, in school ourselves and tutored in the schools, and we're very concerned about you know, the education system, the Philadelphia school system, and didn't want to see any show making fun of children in that system. And we're just pleasantly surprised that, you know, everything is definitely comedy, but all focused on the adults, you know, and their foibles and never, never the children. You know, of course, the children have their moments, their little antics, but, you know, they are not the butt of anyone's joke, and which I thought it is marvelous, and I absolutely loved it. I remember someone was complaining um, about Kutcher Brunson that, you know, the school that she went to that is based on saying that, well, you know, she was making, she went to a private school, you know, and not, you know, public school, like she was saying, she said, yeah. They changed it to a charter school like 10 years after I left. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, public school the entire time she was there. So I thought, you know, what a wonderful thing to find something that so many people can identify with. Uh, just brilliant characterization. Shirley Ralph deserves every award she gets um, in the show. Quinta Brunson, in addition, what a fantastic cast. Everyone involved should should always be patting themselves on the back. They just done such a wonderful job. I, I think I mean, she's a genius. Yeah, she's I a genius to me. I mean, you know, when she went to get her Emmy, she gave flowers to all those, um, you know, old school um, comedians and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, she, the show that she came, she was on prior to that, the Black Woman Sketch Comedy Show, mm -hmm. it, it had it moments, but she just uh, she she left that show. And she's just fantastic. And yeah, that would be absolutely one of my comfort. Uh, it, it fits like an old, you know, com comfortable robe. It's just yeah, really good. Yeah. Really good show. Um, anybody else watch Abbott Elementary? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Is it on your list of comfort foods? It, it, it is that because everything comes so fast sometimes that you just have to say what? And then they, they do things with uh, subtlety. And again, as Otto said, that's the kind of thing a laugh track would absolutely ruin this show or like this. Um, because, and, and you know, you know, the reason they say that they put in laugh tracks is because you know, people are still eating TV dinners, or microwave dinners at home all by themselves. If they hear somebody else laughing, they don't feel alone, which I think is something to policy either proper medication or counseling might help with that. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't think yeah. that's a thing anymore. What? Well, there was a study once that said comedy. There's a reason why laughter is infectious. It's because if you hear one person laugh, you're more likely to laugh too. So that was it was. It's more that comedy was a group thing, so to make you feel like you're not alone and being silly, watching, um, laughing at something, just in case you're self-conscious and said, "What well, was was that funny or?" whatever and i'm like but comedy is also subjective even if if it's infectious yeah what one person finds funny may not be funny for the next right. well you know the thing is is that whoever conducted that study need to give that money back because it's, it's it's idiotic to me because you know you see a lot of the older shows even from the 70s like the odd couple or, or even mary tyler moore there's a live audience yeah and uh they'll miss the joke they'll just they'll, they'll just miss it they'll go and they completely they miss it but it's funny because i'm at home and i'm i'm hearing it and i'm like damn that's funny nobody laughs nobody yeah yeah but that's but that's it's just like those people who are used to performing on stage sometimes you know your jokes hit sometimes they miss and keep going so i mean yeah but that but I, I believe this avid elementary absolute comfort food nikki do you watch it uh, I think I, I, no, she's still here. I just can't hear her. Okay, I guess. Yeah, but I wanted she watched Abbott Elementary. Uh, but I, yeah, definitely for me, that is a definite, definite. And when you have the opportunity um, to see it, Sonia, I think you will love it. They're in their first, they're going to well, their third season, right? Yeah, it has Shirley Ralph. I have no doubt that I will like it. Just getting to see it. Right, and I'm hoping you do because I think you really enjoy it. She is great on that show. Yeah, she is. She is so, so fantastic. And it's I'm like, it's, it's, it's filmed like um, in the documentary style, like The yeah. Office or Parks and Recreation. Oh, yeah. yeah. And what is so that guy's name? And Everybody Hates Chris, the actor who played Chris and Everybody Hates Chris. Nice and grown man, how wonderful he is! He is so funny. How wonderful he is on the show. I mean, it is just. And what is it? What is the guy's name? Her boyfriend. Uh, oh, the rap, the rap, yeah, the, the rapper. rapper. Oh my yeah. god! You know, it's it's, 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 it's cringeworthy funny. You know, it's like, yeah. oh my god, I can't believe yeah. you said that. Yes. Like, you know, like the time she dressed like James Harden. <laughs> that was funny as hell. Oh my God! I know. I mean, it was hilarious, but you know, Philadelphia. You know, she's you know, she she's a, a fan in '76, so she dressed as James Harden. So there, it was great, and she looked just like him too. Yeah, it was kind of hideously sad. <laughs> All right. Well, the next uh, story, I mean, the next uh, show they have on the list is Fresh Prince of Bel Air. 
and the original Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you know, whether or not that is a comfort food. Now, I'll, I'll say for myself, I would not go to this show as a comfort food, but let's say it just happened to be on the television and I sat down in the room, I might sit there and watch it. You know, I would not uh, say, hey, you know, I got to go listen to what's going on at Fresh Prince of Bel-Air today, you know, to get my act together. But I would definitely, you know, if it was on, I would sit and watch. So anybody else have any opinions? Otto? Yeah, I was a, I was a semi-casual uh, viewer. It was kind of like if I was in the room and it came on, I was sitting until the end. But I would exactly, you know, say, okay, got to be in place by 9.30 when it comes on or something like that. Right, right, um, right. It did enough out of water things to be interesting, but then it began to be, okay, you know, some of the characters were everybody, but uh, Will was, of course, borderline character, especially Colin and uh, the older sister and everything, you know. So you said, okay, even if these people were that privileged or that clueless and stuff, they would be a little more aware of things than that. So, yeah. Well, yeah. When I was growing up, I would my friends would tease me that I was the poor black Carlton, poor black <laughs> Carlton, because I would miss all the different references. Never raised to speak slang. It had to be the Queen's English, so I wouldn't get all their in jokes and stuff like that. So they just called me the female Carlton, the poor female Carlton. Because, but I still wouldn't. Wa I don't watch it for comfort. comfort. It was it was one of my favorites when it was on, but not now. And I think it's just I still can't do slang, but it's just not me. Mm -hmm. How about you? I didn't even like it when it was on. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. Mm -mm. Well, I, mean, I remember one episode because I used to watch it. Um, I know we watch it all the time, but I definitely watched it. But the episode where Carlton and Will were trying to get into a fraternity and that because Carlton came from a certain background, they were really extra hard on him. Even though he was doing everything they asked of him, they just had made up their mind to not accept him. And, and you know, I thought that was really interesting, you know, that he's, you know, in it, he is, you know, trying and behazing with all of it because he was really wanting to be part of this and they were just making it so hard on him. You know, we're not going to accept him even as he did everything they wanted him to do. So I thought that was, I thought it was a really interesting one. And I like that episode because, you know, it turned on some very um, unfortunate parts of things that can happen, you know, within our community. So I thought it was uh, interesting. Yeah. But, you know, all my life is I sit there. If it's on when I walk in the room, you know, if I don't have the remote, I'm, I'll sit through it, right? But I'm not going to go to it. Yeah, it was the kind of thing where they said, okay, we got 24 episodes to do this sequence, so we'll do four episodes that will tackle a real issue, and the rest of them are just the usual, you know, mm -hmm. hijinks that were going on. Right, right. I was just thinking of something with um, Living Single, and in the same mind, to me, it falls almost the same category of like the facts of life, which is a show that I liked to watch, you know, it's, you know young mm -hmm. and on, but I would not watch it again. You know, you know what? 
Penelope, I'm like that with the show Scandal. When Scandal would come on, I mean, everything had to stop because I'm going to watch Scandal. But now, I can't watch it. Yeah, you know, because you're you're already done with it. You ate that. Yeah, it doesn't have the same. Yeah. 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 Well, it got point for me that it got to be so over the top when everybody was like every week ago, who's gonna who who's gonna let kill somebody this week? So it got to the point that all of the main cast that ended up killing someone and after a while you just says okay, you know. That's an that's a, so yeah but um, I yeah. think Otto you're asking a lot about the facts of life yeah. because a lot of it, you know, you start again, it's character driven. Um, about the young girls and how they change and how some of them started out at the beginning and then they disappeared but you got down to that core group that moved on you know you know and really finished out the show and with regard to those you know that became that core group there's you know kind of nothing that i need to see again that you know takes me back to a time or a place that makes me feel comfort you know what i mean so it's not a show I think that I would watch again. I saw an episode or two, I think in the past two years, I think it was during the um, pandemic. And then, you know, they weren't bad shows, just that they weren't relevant shows anymore. Yeah. So I think I, that's why I, I think I would not watch it. How about that, was like me, that was like me last week trying to watch the Flip Wilson show. Mm-mm. Couldn't do it. Yeah, I'd say that would be so far over your head because if that was so you were like I mean, just basically out of being a toddler good with the first yeah. show on and a lot of the references about the war and politics, you get there's just mm-hmm. no reference point for you at all. No. And you know, I think when you think about it now, you know, in my the age group that I'm in right now, and I think about it really how much war there has been in this country since we were children. You know, Vietnam, when we were children. Then if they were in Afghanistan, we became adults. Then after Afghanistan, you know, ended up in, in Iraq. You know, yeah. and it's like, man, how, how much more of this? And it's like, can we just, you know, take a breath and not be involved in some conflict for the time, for the rest of our lives, hopefully, right? Well, yeah. the thing is that to become like the new reality series because if it's not a war that we're in, it's like we heard about Niger all this week, what was going on. You hear about Ukraine every day about what's going on. And you hear about someplace else. I thought they were finished with that one. No, they're back again. So yeah. I mean it's amazing. Yeah, but I feel like you seeing that show Flip Wilson for you, I just don't think there's any um, you know, guideposts, you know, for you. Mm-mm. Because you were so young that you know maybe you can watch the musical guests, you know, and enjoy that, but that's probably about it. Lawrence, Zero Mustel, and Roberta Flack. So I recorded that one because I wanted to see Roberta Flack back in the day. And what they did, they edited all the shows down to like 30 minutes. And it took all the musical guests out. Even Steve Lawrence didn't see oh. it. Oh, so, awesome. Yeah, so you're looking at these skits and you realize that it, it, it occupies kind of a weird state because you can tell 
that they probably had all white writers in the back back there working on the show, and the skits were not really terrible. They were not really good either, and they were definitely not offensive. There was nothing cutting edge. There was nothing even slight uh, controversial or whatever. Mm, yeah. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. And then some of the things are a little bit, you realize that Dave said one of the skits was um, Flip Wilson was playing a police officer trying to talk uh, Zero Mostel off of the ledge. And so he realized that that was a pitch that went through. So the guy's going to jump off a building and kill himself. We can build a comedy around that one. So, yeah. Well, you know what? When I was a kid, I remember there always being people talk doing that. Yeah, talking people off of ledges who are gonna jump off and kill. Them. Remember that when we were kids, yeah, that was, we would always see that's that? a running joke. Yeah, it's a running joke. Yeah, but the thing, but the difference is that nowadays they did that skit. They put that title card up for the end that says, "If you or somebody else is thinking about suicide, call the suicide." Yeah, exactly, line. exactly. That's In those days, it was just cut the commercial, come back to whatever was coming up, you know, next. So. That's right. Well, the next show they have on the list is two two seven. And uh, that is, a, I think I would not watch that again. I, I watched it when it came out. Maybe if I watched it, I would find you know something in it that is redeeming or whatever. But I'm going to tell you, I remember nothing about that show. I do not remember one episode of that show, and I watched every episode. So yeah, that's a yeah. Regina King was on that show. Yeah, I remember she was a little girl. And she had a boyfriend in the show. Yeah. And I remember that eventually. She His name was Calvin. Yeah, 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 Calvin. And of course, Jackie Harry, Harry was on the show. Oh, yeah, she was wonderful, I know. And she I mean, played. She, a, but I think even beyond the work she did on Tuesday yeah. 7, she was wonderful. Yeah. And then she played a similar role, kind of. On the women of the, was it a women of Brewster's place? Yeah, women of Brewster's place. She was she did a great job in in that role. Um, I think that you know a lot of these women actresses, actresses, it's kind of like Shirley Rather in the article. She was saying, you know, when she was a young woman and starting out a career, and they're like, well, what do you do with a beautiful, talented, black young black female actress? You know what? You know, put you as a uh, what do you call it? A romantic lead, or you know, with uh, Tom Cruise. No one wants to see that. So, you know, it was kind of rough, I think, for someone like her. And I remember it. I was very kind of happy to see her in the role that she did get in the um, film *The Mistress*. You know, it was you know, of course, all these different women who are mistresses of different individuals involved in the film process. I don't like. Hollywood insider films. Yeah, I don't like. I, I didn't care for the movie too much because it's too insider to me. Yeah, I don't like them at all. But I was glad that she was able to, you know, snag a role in a very um, well-known, you know, very visible film. So I was happy for that. The film itself, yeah, again, was not, you know, my. Yeah, but two 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 seven wouldn't be my comfort. Uh, you know, once again, you know, it has a laugh track. I don't fault it for that. There's some 
shows I can stand with the laugh track. Some I don't. But it's too loud. It's too much. It's too, you know, it's not, it's not comfortable. Yeah. You know, it's not, it can't, it can't be a comfort food if it's not, if not, I'm not going to be comfortable. So nah, that's, no, that's okay. Anybody else like that show or found it to be comforting and comfortable? A go-to show that make you relax? I found it no. two two seven. That's all. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Right. Um. But the next song, the next step song, it's the show on the list is Insecure. Now I have to admit, I have only seen like three episodes of Insecure because I was done after three episodes. And I guess my problem with Insecure is that I was expecting. Uh, I guess another awkward black girl. This awkward black girl was streamed. They had it the online. online series, right? It was so smart and excellent in every way. It's and the good. unfortunate thing, I think, is that you know, Issa Rae, you know, made her way to Hollywood with this project, but then other people put their hands on it. And I think Larry she had, yeah, if she had been able to just hold on to it and do it the way she and her writing partner had done when they had it online, it would have been magnificent. I, and I, but I could not get through. I mean, I think that the show infantilizes black professional women, and I don't like it at all. So it is not comfort food to me. It's the absolute opposite. It's indigestion for me. Does anybody else like the show? That goes. That goes I've for never comfort? seen it. I've I've seen all that I've seen the entire run of episodes from ep, from uh, third season, and so it's not a show that I would call comforting. It's not a comforting show. It's like uh, she gets she gets into a lot of stupid situations, and there's a lot of uh, stupid sex situations that see, doesn't make sense. Um, but nah, that that's not com- that's not a comfort food show for me. Did Chris, do you watch it? I watched it off and on uh, because after a while, the characters produced that was really great out there. They're on the oh, you're, breaking up, you're breaking up a little bit. Oh, okay. And uh, you're out, you know, they're on the outs of each other one week, then they're back together again for equally inexplicable reasons. And uh, Sometimes when she would do the little things in the mirror, those were fun, and she'd have those kind of reflections. And other times, you would just say, you know, if you just thought about this for 10 minutes, and then you could just leave where it was going or where it went wrong or something like that. As yeah. I, I watch fewer and fewer of the episodes, and uh, when I would stop and watch it, I'd find something that I liked, but not necessarily enough to make me want to come back next week. Yeah. All right. Okay. Did you ever watch Song you never didn't say do you ever watch the show? Hello? Oh, there I am. There I am. Uh-huh. I'm I'm weird. My comfort foods my comfort shows are like I'm I'm enjoying the fact that Pluto has channels where you can just put it on one particular show or type of show and just let it run. So like I've been doing that with Jeopardy. Um, do the same thing with Paramount and find a Star Trek run that I hadn't seen in a while. 
or might have missed because like I missed most of uh, Voyager and Enterprise. So that's probably the next wow. things I'll start binging just so I can be complete. Voyager so great. That, that shows that that definitely is on my list. Voyager is an absolute comfort uh, TV show for me. I not going to rock you to sleep you know what no. I mean? no 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 i mean I, i've seen the entire seasons one two three I, i've seen them all all episodes and no yeah. it's not a it's not a comforting yeah. show i i couldn't get through the first season i am I just i saw some i think of the third season that you're watching it, and I think I saw some of it, but I couldn't tell you what was going on, who was who, because I didn't have, you know, the, the background for it. But yeah, that's yeah, not something. Uh, the next thing they have on is the Bernie Mac show, and I have to admit, I've never seen it. I don't you think I've ever it? seen it. No. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's one of yours. That's a comfort food. I like the Bernie show. Mac show. Definitely. Yeah, I know you do, Nikki. Yeah. Yeah. What What about it? It was a well, it was a positive show. I, I like it. Yeah. The uh, premise was that Bernie Mac plays a guy who takes in his uh, nieces and nephews because their mother has some drug problems, and uh, it's almost like a real, a, a more a realer life version of. Um, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. The kids don't. Um, the oldest child he always bumps heads with because she's a teenager and isn't, you know, happy with the move and everything. And of course, Bernie Mac does what if you're in a black family, you can remember that you had a father or sometimes a mother who never let you forget that you're living in their house at their at their leisure, and don't you forget it. And so that was kind of refreshing and. Uh, when he did get into a situation that got overboard, like he was forced to himself and his story did. Breaks up a little bit. Hello? Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, it's like a little grumbling, grumbling underneath. So, I mean, so you watch the Bernie Mac show? Nope. Nope, okay. And Otto, did you watch the Bernie Mac show? I would say, I, I wouldn't say so emphatically, like, no. Like, you know, I, I've seen it, uh, you know, a couple of times. I wasn't a, bi a big Bernie Mac fan. I've seen him on the Dead Comedy Jam and, you know, shows like that. And he was great in uh, the Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence film, Life. Yeah. But, you know, but I'm willing to I'm willing to give it a shot because you know why not I don't know if it's I don't know if it's a comfort food or not but you know I've, I've come to like Bernie Mac more than I originally did so I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot yeah absolutely and um, they have this thing go back to the uh, new edition story uh, the new edition story I, mean, I don't know why that's here um, then I don't have no idea why that's here why what that kind of comfort is that. I don't know. I just I don't know what that would be on the list. It and, turns out tragically. Why yeah, I have no idea. So yeah, I don't know why they're talking to anybody from past it. 
having a good time. So I know a lot of people watch this show that is it a comfort food. What is that noise? No. Let's see. What noise? Probably my Francis. fan. Your fan? Like somebody yeah, chewing on I'm cardboard. Your fan. Oh, no, that's not my fan. I'm not chewing on cardboard. Sorry. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, we don't hear your fan. We can't hear anymore. All right. So we have. Um, I wouldn't say that's comfort food. Co- yeah, the, the good times are not comfort food for me either. I, what I, is, I mean, new edition. You said new edition. Yeah, and I passed on that and went on to good times. I couldn't hear you. Good times. Some some, some good times is comfort food to me. Mm. Nah. Mm. Well, well, for the for for the very period me too reasons, if you like watching uh, um, uh, Bernadette Stannis and um, Jeanette Dubois, okay, yeah, <laughs> it was good for that. But um, but after a while, it's like my mother absolutely hated good times with passion. And she would watch it and just to hate on it. She she invented hate watching for that. And yeah. it was the idea that you had poor people and all they did was complain about being poor. And she didn't find watching poor people complain about being poor to her was not entertaining. Well, I guess not. I, I thought it, to me, to me, I I didn't take it that way. But I can understand how somebody could take it that way. I took it that like it was a cartoon, you know, like a cartoon with black people in it. It didn't reflect reality or anything, but it's like if you could like shape your reality so that it could be funny, so that all the all the bad stuff that happened to you could be funny, that what good times would be like. So it's like, you know, all the bad shit that happened in your life and you could make it and turn turn it into a comedy act, that would be good times. Let's see that. I, I know what you mean. What angered me about good times when um just listening um to you, Clamston, and how your mom did not like it. I understand the time when James had a chance to go and get a better job, go work in Atlanta, Alaska for like about you know just a year, just a year to be away. And Florida had a fit. I don't want you to leave us. I want to stay. In other words, he's like. I just want us all to be poor as long as you're here with us. Like, what kind of mess does that make? It, it, it made no sense. You gotta keep the you gotta keep the family together. That that's the same thing that happened when when uh I forgot who it was, man. You, what's that dude? He was in Cotton Comes to Harlem. He was a preacher. I forgot his name, but he was a gambler. He came in and he gave them like a year's Calvin Lockhart. Calvin Lockhart, yeah, fantastic looking actor. And so he gave them like $10,000 and a year's worth of rent on the north side of Chicago. I don't know anything about Chicago, but, you know, maybe that's a good part of Chicago or something. I don't know. But this woman jumps up and starts talking about she don't want no money for no gambler. Okay. Are you joking? Are you joking? Are you really? Yeah, it's like you're kidding. Now your child goes out and steals. Yeah. And that's something that you allow to happen, but and your He's child gambling. gets 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 washed up by gangs and get recruited by gangs, but yeah. I'm not taking I'm not taking this gambling money. Yeah. Man, it, it, he he's not robbing nobody. He's not sticking nobody up. He's not stealing nothing for nobody. Nope. All he's doing is putting his money down and put it against the odds, and he won. Sometimes he lose. He loses, and in this episode, he did lose a lot. But you know what though? 
it's like you you're so damn moral. Poor and moral. That's mm-hmm. Poor and moral. Yep. It's like nothing. They keep that. All right. Um, but, but that is comfort food to me. The first couple of first couple of seasons to me is kind of Okay. Well, here, um, a different world is on the list as well. And I don't think, I mean, I think for the time that I watched A Different World when we were still very it was young good. people, right, you know, and it was relevant to us. And I don't think that I could watch it again. Uh-uh. I, I might, I mean, maybe try, but I don't think I could. Uh, I'm a very different person. And the world is very different yeah. from what it was you know, back then when we were experiencing this. Um, and I mean, maybe a lot, of, a lot of it is watching it and feeling the hopelessness because I thought, you know, this was like the beginning, you know, more black students going to college, you know, seeing you know, the possibilities and probabilities. And they you know, did. Life. Yeah, they did. But then, you know, it's like, you know, then they get us all in our our feelings about, well, oh, my, I don't want my wife, girlfriend, but making more money than me kind of nonsense that comes with her having a college education. Like, wait a minute. Wait, did, I, did, I, wait, wait a minute did I come from a different world? I'm saying we live in a different world. And I thought that, you know, we were going to be moving to like, oh boy, look at us all together, you know, moving in the same direction, starting our families and, you know, being happy and, you know, um, educated or whatever. And instead we get, you know, DeSantis in Florida, you know, people with counter-intellectual, counter-education, you know, um, who are, I mean, obviously, you know, racist, you know, with regard to um, black people. So we thought that the world was going to change in a very positive direction. Just watching it really makes me kind of sad, you know, because we truly believed that we were moving, you know, in the right direction. The promises of the great society were going to be fulfilled. So to that extent, yeah, it kind of sad me. But also a lot of the characters within the show you know, how they ended up, some of the things that they did, some of the things they said, you know, are uncomfortable now. You know, as I look at them, they sort of stuff is very uncomfortable. So it's a yeah. And how they portrayed certain characters was very uncomfortable. I think, for instance, like Chanel Brown, who played one of the roles, one of the, uh, the roommates, I can't remember her name, but her, she always, her makeup always looked very greasy, her hair, was always not good. Had these terrible wigs on her, and you know she. It's like they intentionally um, made her look that way because her skin was dark. That they is that didn't, before? Is that before? Or after Debbie Allen took over the show? Uh, before, after sure. all of it, during, before, yeah, and, you know, because Debbie Allen is, a, you know, she her lighter complexion, so they lean toward always showing. The women who had lighter complexions as good looking. In fact, I don't think you had a dark skin it girl on that show ever. You had brown uh-uh. skin. What's her name? Dawn. Uh, Dawn. Who? What's her name? Jaleesa? Dawn Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a- yeah, but she was uh, RA. She was older than everyone. Else. Yeah, but she yeah. was a. Uh, she was in school though. Yeah, but you. That's not the same. What do you mean? That's not the same. She was much older yeah. than the other girls who did. She was yeah. an authority figure compared to yeah. when it became the Whitney show. Whitley yeah. show, I kind of yeah, turned exactly. away. 
the yeah. the, well, the Wayne Wayne show. Yeah, that 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 accent, that that southern accent she had, I cannot abide by that. I can't. I just can't. Yeah, that was so. The accent, it's like God damn. Yeah, that's much. If I I ran into somebody, if I ran into, you know, I hate to say it, and I don't say it to y'all. Y'all keep it a secret. (laughs) But if I if I ran into somebody talking like that, I would think automatically idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Idiot. I mean, I shouldn't, but it's like, what, what are you doing with that accent? Because it's so over-accentuated. It's like, come on, who are you joking? Now, you know the thing, I never went to a, I never went to a historically black college or university. And, um, you know, my, my college experience is different than what they showed on TV. Some things are kind of close to that, like, you know, going to parties and stuff and chasing girls. Some of that stuff is true. But you know the thing is though, what I liked about the show is that it showed a lot of black kids what college could be like. You know, yes. it never had a concept of what college may look like. And although it's not straight on point, it's better than nothing. It's it's close. Right. Yeah. Right. And I thought that was good to say. So that's what it is. You know, people. You know, being you know for their friends and their classes and being the band and you know cars and all that stuff and, yeah or, yeah that you know this is what it's like oh you know it's not just i'm going to come in or sit in the classroom and and, and be taught but you know it's, it's about this petri dish of of growing up you know for four and years I'm, yeah. I'm glad i'm glad and living that, in a dorm and, yeah. and and all that stuff you know yeah, i think I'm, it was good because a lot of a lot of kids didn't have any any uh, access to that, and but, no you know, the, and no reference point, you know, for what that meant. Yeah, but you know, the, I don't think it's comfort food to me. But you no. know, the, the the thin line to me is that you know it showed what a middle class, upper middle class black person's collegiate life may be, and I know that um, HBCUs are more mainly for uplift the race, the, the talented <coughs> tenth, and all that stuff, but. For a lot of poor black kids, it's it's a it's an existence that they'll you know I guess maybe they don't think they can ever do. I don't know. But then to see that yeah, it's possible. Yeah. You know, then it's a thing that they can start thinking when they're young. Well, you know what? Oh, I guess I can go to college. So let me figure out how. You know. Yeah. Before, if you never show that that's a possibility, kids don't even ask. You know, well, how can I get there? What do I have to do? Right. 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 So yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. although it's not my comfort food, I definitely think that it is worthwhile. I mean, even like for young people now who have never gone or thinking about whether or not to go, it's you know, it's light, it's light fair. It's, it's light, light, it's silly, but it's not my yeah. it's not it's not my cup of cocoa robe right. slippers shoe show. Right, right, right. Not that. Okay, now we're getting ready to slide into scandal. I watched, I think, one episode of Scandal and I was done. Um other people, I'm sure, have watched the show. Um, Nick, you just mentioned that you watched the show. Is it a comfort sure show did. for you? Yeah. But you can't watch it again. Uh-uh. Nah. What about Mm-mm. you, Cranston? I was a big Scandal fan, Thursday night, 10 o'clock. I never watched Grey's Anatomy, yeah. but I was right there. And uh, Scandal was fun. It was... Uh, it was sort of like um, what you would imagine Washington would be like, although the, everybody says that Zeke is a lot closer to what it's really like. 
it was good to see you had a competent, um, super um, efficient and clever black woman as a lead who always could be step ahead of everybody. But um, but as it got, went on and everything, and you can tell the writers begin to get fatigued and they begin to say, okay, we got to outdo ourselves. And um, what, it, what it eventually evolved into was that every, every uh, season, somebody would get a chance to kill somebody else. And they just went around the cast and said, you know, either you're going to kill them either intentionally or by accident. Then they introduced um, her father, played by Joe Morton. He was the killer. Then her mother, mm-hmm. who was in jail, she was a killer. And then I think the thing that finally did it was there was one episode where, now the guy did deserve it, but she beat a guy to death with a folding chair. And I said, okay, it's time to go now and stuff, you know, because it's just gone a little bit too off the rails. And so the one thing I regret is I stopped watching before the end, so I still don't know how it really ended or whatever. But uh, it just got to be a little bit, they just suspended disbelief a little bit too much. But when it was good, it was really good to watch. Mm-hmm. It was riveting to watch, uh, you know. Um, well, well, did you ever watch it, Sonia? Oh, yeah, I was a huge Scandal fan. And like Cranston, I think I bowed out just before Cranston did, because when he said he beat she beat somebody with a chair, I was like, say, what? <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah. Well, it was like, okay, they're never gonna get together. Just, just, just admit it and let them move on. And um, yeah. I got that after that point. You know, yes, I, I got to see up to her mother, and I was like, this is just wait. This is something like I used to write for my when I had an exercise in college to write for a soap opera. You know, I mean, a daytime soap opera. Yeah. And I was like, you know, before that though. It was intriguing to see that there was, and to know that it was based on a real person, that um, there was a competent black woman somewhere there in Washington, D.C., trying to make sure, get things to work properly. Right. Okay. Um, well, I, I watched it. You asked me what I think of it. Yes. So I watched it, like, maybe one and a half episodes. I think it had nothing to do with uh, the legal profession or being in a business, uh, trying to control stuff. As far as people being confident in Washington, spent two years in Washington. Nah, that ain't. And, 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 and a lot of a lot of extra, like really fast talking. Like that's gonna. I know. Sorry. So like, oh, that's too much. That's too much. It's like you know what I'm gonna say next, and you're just just waiting for me to finish. The characters like the characters like you talking, and the other person talking real fast, and then you're waiting for the other person to finish, so you can start talking fast too. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. To me, it's definitely not a not not no. Yeah, this your fan that's making that noise. And the other thing about it is, of course, considering what has been happening in the last decade or so in Washington that you would just say no this can really happen you know i mean nope, like, yeah and, and why would a why would a, a good looking black woman like that give it some ugly looking white man he's the president i get it okay he get, maybe he got it going on okay he's the president but nah man he dried like a pool get out of here with that all right how do you kill somebody 
How do you kill somebody with a folding chair? You ever got hit with a folding chair? Well, if you, hit them, if you hit them enough times, yeah, they'll, they'll, you, can, you can do it. You're not going to kill nobody with no folding Let me tell you this. If you get into a fight and you're trying to fight for your life, do not depend on a folding chair, okay? You're not <laughs> getting out you. alive, okay? Okay, all right. That's, that's why wrestlers in the wrestling, that's why they pick up folding chairs. All right. Um, we have on here Family Matters. Did anybody watch Family Matters? No, I never I watched it. I watched a little back in the day, but I can't watch it anymore. Same same reason. You know what's you know that Stefan's really are eventually going to take over or Urkel, whatever personality he's in, is gonna take over the family show and it's not gonna really be about the family anymore. Mm-mm. Yeah, and that, that's kinda kinda sad. It's gonna this will be family matters. But the interesting mm-hmm. thing is though that as much as we decried these characters, but it was like JJ, Fonzie, and Urkel all took over the shows. They were like background characters and then they just took over. So the thing is that you have to wonder about the people that uh, would write in and say, yeah, that's my favorite character and that's the reason they turned it on. And you have to wonder, well, you find this guy entertaining or interesting or whatever it is, you know, and you said, okay. Yeah, okay. Because I think they, all of them fit the stereotype of what people expect, you know, you expected right. the greaser to be a dumb idiot with a big heart because that's how he's always portrayed in the movies. You expect the uh, the nerd to keep bombing out with the girl or whatever. Um, but I think it just made pe- other people feel really comfortable where it made folks like us going, no, so you can't buy that kind of character development. Right, right. Well, I think what it is, is there are people that identify with the characters that always uh, walk into a room and leave it a mess, and those that don't agree with it are the ones that say, well, I got to clean this up. So, you know, that's why you kind of, kind of the character lose, lose their charm when you think of it like that. Yeah, one, one more thing. Uh-huh. You know, one more thing on Scandal, going back if they put a laugh track on Scandal, maybe I'll watch that. <laughs> I, love it. I know you mentioned Scandal, but this is another show that's not on here that I thought might make it was Empire, but it's not on here. Um, I've never seen I saw Empire just once, just once. And after that first show, I'm like, never mind. I I'm, saw several episodes of it. Yeah, I, I did too. I, I, I think we saw the first uh, season of it. Mm-hmm. And it's not comfort mm-hmm. food, but it's, you know, no. it, it, to me, it's more watchable than Scandal was. Yeah. But, um, Empire was more junk food for me. Yeah. Yeah. Good. The first season started out. The first season was King Lear. The first season was King Lear. The rest of it was junk food. Absolutely. You know, it's bad for you, but you're going to watch it because we should it's do bad that for you. Food list. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. We should do a it's junk food list. Yeah, it's our comfort food. We should do a yeah. junk food. Yeah, it, it was absolutely a show that was junk food, and you knew it came on in whatever day, you know, whatever time. But it's not like you're not proud to say you watch it. But you know, the thing is, is that when you go to work that week, people are always talking about what's the cookie this, cookie that, cookie. Yeah. I'm like, cookie yeah. cat. you know, it's like, God damn it, when you stop with this cookie. <laughs> <laughs> 
I had a co-worker that uh, she and her brothers would get together every, uh, I think it was Monday night, they were on Tuesday night, whatever night it was, and they would have a family dinner and they would watch Empire. All and right. that was a weekly family bonding ritual. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you the problem I found with Empire, what happened with them is that they had these kids and stuff on the show, right? The, the diff, their different um, things that they're doing, you know, this, that, and the other. But what they did not understand is that the audience only wanted to watch Cookie. Mm -hmm. That's what they did not understand. They add all these people to this cast and nobody wanted to see them. For all of us, it's a cookie show. So mm -hmm. more Cookie, less of everybody else. But they kept trying to squeeze a whole bunch of young people in the show, but nobody wanted to watch them. You know, if they just made the cookie show, it'd still be on right now. Yeah. 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 So then the next show they have on here is 911. Um, I don't know how this could be anybody's comfort show. Anything about people like 911, like being injured, going to hospitals, getting shot, you know, it's like, come on, y'all. That's not comfort food. Uh, I don't know. Does anybody watch this and put it in the comfort food uh, arena? It's not comfort food in the traditional. Well, it's one of those things that you know that your the 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 leaves are going to put themselves in danger every week and nearly die, but they won't. And so you just watch to see how they're going to get out of this one. And then they have everything that's not rescuing somebody is just like pure soap opera and that's what you watch it for you know right so is it your comfort food no 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 yes 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 i only watched a few episodes but i did like what i saw i did enjoy the character relationships and in some of the situations i was kind of like really like there was one when the um air the airship whatever crashed into the stadium. I'm like, wouldn't somebody be paying attention for something like this to make sure it doesn't happen? It was a good game. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Funny. Somebody paying attention to that. Okay, I'm with you on that. All right, so uh, the next thing after 911 is uh, Law and Order. Uh, whatever version of Law and Order uh -huh. you're inclined to watch. Now, I've watched a lot of Law and Order. I do not, however, find it to be a comfort food. If it, it is on in the room, when I walk in the room, I may watch it, but I'm not going to turn to it, all right? Anybody it used else? to be for me. It used to be a comfort food for me, and I used to turn to it, and if it was on in the room, I used to keep the, the station turned there. But then I became I became woke. I woke my stupid ass up, and I said, yeah. "This is this is garbage." Yeah, yeah. This is garbage, man. Mm -hmm. This is this is all this is all uh, just a, a a press release for the the DA's office. Yeah, you know, it's propaganda, propaganda right? Propaganda. Yeah, yeah, people taking a stand, testifying against their own. The, in their own defense, all this nonsense about the, it the never process. happens. Oh my God, get out of here! So no, it used to be. It used to. I am a. I. I, I am a reformed law and order comfort food addict. Okay, I'm so glad to hear that. But anybody else? Law and order. It was comfort food for my mm. mom. She just 
had to watch it every time, every time, every version. And after you see an episode like the third time, you kind of go, really? Well, yeah. the interesting thing about it was, and I was a big fan until, believe it or not, John Oliver pointed out, you know, and I said, I never thought of that and stuff. And uh, but he was saying that um, Dick Wolf's thing was he wanted to make the police look good. And they always made every defense attorney, no matter how polished or uh, or experienced or whatever, they were always bag or somewhere because you And after a while, he began to say, "Okay, that doesn't quite work out in real life." And again, of course, it it, it breeds into this thing that. You have this crime that happens this week, then they put a date on there. You never see the date things originally happened, but it's a courtroom. They put the dates up, and you think you committed the crime this week, and then a week later, the yeah. trial. Yeah, yeah, that's what it makes it look like, doesn't it? And uh, when they look at things in real life, when um, when they were having the uh, Trump impeachment trials, I was trying to tell my coworkers, well, it's not like TV. It takes longer than that, you know. Did you hear about things like somebody committed a crime like three years ago and then the trial is finally coming up now or something like that? That's what real life is like, not like it is, you know, that they get out next week on uh, on TV and everything. So and, and, and also makes the idea of, of a cash bail in order to get out of jail. It makes it normal. And we all thank God we woke up to that garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, no, nobody should be held on cash bail. Either either you you get, um, I mean, the, the point of bail is to make sure that you come back to court. So whatever you, you need to do to make, make that happen is you need to make that happen. And it can't always be on cash. It can't be connected to cash or what wealth you have. And it's somebody who is dangerous to society, like a Jeffrey Dahmer or David Berkowitz, they don't get any bail. You're not getting out of jail. Yeah. So, you know, there's no reason to keep people behind bars and say, well, you, you, you could be released. All you need to do is come up with $500,000 and bail and bail property or bail money to get out. Yeah. That, that needs to go now. Yeah. Go now. Cause what it's about is that you have a city, county, municipality, whatever this built up this building, this jail or whatever, and it's built there to be a money-making enterprise. And, you know, they aren't going to make their money unless they put you in it. So, uh, and make you pay to get out of it. So that's, you know, it's this, it's this crazy money-making scheme. That- well, it's, it's sad, but there's something that happened here recently, uh, back in December, that a guy was arrested for something fairly minor. It wasn't anything like, you know, murder or anything like that. But he was in jail over the weekend. And at the time of his arrest, he told the people that he had had a heart surgery. He had a transplant, actually. And he had to take uh, medicine every day that uh, would keep him from rejecting the new heart. And he told them that up front in no uncertain terms and everything. And whatever happened, he was in there over the weekend and, uh, and he couldn't make bail to get out. And uh, even though his medicine was there at the jail, for whatever reason, did not give it to him. Now, the company that they had outsourced it to was a company that had uh, that had, had a really bad record of providing medical services for all the jails that had hired them. 
And uh, the guy ended up, when they did release him Monday, it was too late. He had begun to uh, regress. And then like three days later, he was dead, which could have been uh, prevented if they had given him his money. I mean, the uh, medicine. And right now, the uh, the judge that denied it has said, and, you know, as people say things and you said, okay, you really said this and nobody told you, but let's not go with that. But they wanted to say essentially he would have been alive if he had made bail. So it wasn't exactly his fault that he died, but it didn't help his case, meaning that he didn't bail. That's ridiculous. You're, you're not That's guilty. You've just, just been charged with a crime. So if you're charged with a crime, the sole purpose of bail, the sole purpose of the of the court system is to make sure that you come back for your trial date. So it should not be tied to how much money you can pay. Zero. Should not be cash bail ever. Exactly. People need people need to overturn that. Law and order just makes it normal. It makes that stuff normal. Because they make it appear that you're only there for a day or two, whatever, and instead of months, weeks, they take you out of your life. Not because you've committed a crime, but somebody said that you did. And they never, and then they never no apologies, no nothing. They get some black guy at the beginning of the show and say, "You, you know, you look like you did something," and blah blah blah. And they lock his ass up, and then they in the middle of the show they find out some white guy did it, and then they never they let the black guy go. You know, the the, the DF said, "Well, let let Michael Johnson go." They never apologize to Mike. You never see him apologize to Michael Johnson. Nope. Never say go to Michael Johnson's boss. And say what a mistake we made, you know, taking Michael Johnson out of his job and out of his life. Well, the closest thing they ever did to that was there was somebody that did that too, and he ended up losing his job in the process and everything, you know. But uh, that was one out of five hundred episodes that happened. So mm -hmm. most of the times, people fell, people even fell into the category of. Um, uh, okay, this is it. We're not going to let you. I don't have don't have that kind of money, Your Honor. Well, that's okay, you know. Or yeah, it's, you know, I'll write a check and I'll be out this afternoon. Either that was it. Yeah, they both are wrong. Both is and both is wrong. And so the thing is, is that law and order, you know, normalizes the brutality of the criminal justice system, you know, and, yeah. and it tricks people to think that they're going to get on the stand and tell their story and the jury going to believe it. Or that, you know, if I'm innocent, I don't need a lawyer. I just tell the cops what, what happened and then I'm free to go. I'm out the door. Yeah. Yeah. You keep believing that. Right. Well, the last show on the list is Key and Peele. And I think Key and Peele would be a comfort food show for me. I can see yeah. several episodes of Key and Peele. I mean, after the first season, that is. Because the first season, the Key and Peele at the beginning of every show would always want to remind you that they, their mothers were, were not black, their mother was white. So they made sure every show, and I'm not kidding you, every show to say that as part of their shtick, make certain that you knew that it's okay to like us white people because we're not really black. And that's why to this day, I never watched that show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, but every, every single show. Yeah, but I'm just saying, show. but I'm just saying that after the first season, after the first season, they stopped saying that. But did they say it on the show the first, on the thing? They said many, many shows, many shows. They said it at the opening of the show, many shows. But mm -hmm. I mean, but it, it is a lot of the skits are very good, very funny, very clever writing. Uh, it's great sketch comedy. 
So I would, I, yeah, it's a comfort food for me. I would sit and watch back to back to back episodes of Key and Peele. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. the one, that, the ones where they had the college, uh, the draft, the college bowl. And the uh, name. Yeah. The name. Yes. And the race of zombies. zombies, man. Yeah. Race of zombies is a classic, yeah. Yes, race of zombies is a classic. I mean, they have so many that are so good that you forget them. And I the, I like the one, of course, they, and I said, yeah. that, was, that is one of the best ones. Yeah. And I like the one where they said, the one where they had the names of the college players. Yes, and some of the college players actually, some of the NFL players actually came on the show, like the Brickishaw. Yeah, uh, I forgot the Brickishaw's name. Yeah, his name was the his name was the Brickishaw. Yeah, play for the New York Jets. So your people think they have these uh, over the top names. That was very cute. That was cute. They were how I survived the first months of the pandemic. I just went, I I had it was just before we were to cancel our streaming service. I just binged like crazy. They're yeah. great. I think they're great. It is so funny. I mean, I think and, and now they're they're they come. There's a resurgence of people looking into their skits because of the Jason Aldean situation. I don't know about that situation. What is that situation? Oh, you're kidding. What is that situation? Uh, is a country western singer who um, released this song called "Try That in a Small Town." Oh, I heard that. Okay, yeah. And uh, they show all of these things, and basically says if you live in a city, that's the uh, that's the den of iniquity. Like one of the actual lines in the song is where you carjack an old lady at a traffic light, and all this kinds of stuff, and they're spitting at the police and doing all this kinds of stuff in a small town. And then they're saying, uh, you know, they're going to come for your guns and all of this and try that in a small town. And uh, they, uh, they they filmed it on the ground. And everybody says, well, they didn't know. I can't hear what you're saying. What'd you say? They, were, uh, they filmed a video on the grounds of a courthouse in Georgia where they had... Uh, they had hanged a wrongly accused black man outside the courthouse and nobody was prosecuted. And they said, we didn't know that's what happened there, you know. Yeah. They they project against the silhouette of this same courthouse, these scenes of a lot of the uh, Black Lives Matter, not protests, but just marches, which indicated, yeah, you can't do that in a small town. And I watched that and thinking, yeah, you know, try to jog through a neighborhood and stuff unarmed and get shot by two undeputized police officers. Try that in a small town. In a small town. Yeah. Yeah. Try to vote in a small town. The black person vote in a small town. But the interesting thing is that that song, I think, is number one on the Billboard. No, K-pop. K-pop denied it. And the number two song is by this guy who had used an, the N-word uh, several times in some video somewhere that got released. And he did apologize for that usual, uh, you know, did not realize that, you know, this was, I'm, I'm sorry if I offended people when I oh, did yeah. this. Like, nobody knows, you know, that word is going to be offensive. So I'm going to say it anyway, but I just got caught and he's number two. That's a non-apology apology, right? Yeah. yeah. I saw if I hurt you in any way. Yeah, the number one song was seven. Yeah, K-pop uh, beat, beat like him. Jung, 
by Jim Cook from BTS. You know what, though? Mm-hmm. You know what? My thing, I don't give a damn whether it was one or two or three. <laughs> the, the issue is, that, the thing is, is that this dude said this song about this small town stuff, and he put all these images out there, and this other dude put the stuff in there, talking about N-word and stuff like that. They feel comfortable. This is their comfort food. This, this, all this environment of of uh, chaos and and racism and sexism, and everything else. This is their comfort food for them. This is how they get comfort. Well, it ties it ties into the Key and Peel taking it back. Uh, Key and Peel did a skit where he sang a song. He wrote a country song, and he wanted Peel to listen to it. And Peel. That's racist. And he's like, no, it's not. You hear the twang, you assume that it's racist, whatever. So he keeps singing more and more verses of it until Key has to leave the room and he finally hears the racism in the song that he's singing. So a lot of people have been playing them to show. Yeah, you don't have to mention specifically talk about race. To be racist. racist. Yeah. There are a lot of in- things that they are. Won't get are yeah. They won't, get, they, they won't understand it. They won't get it. You know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that this is this this is all the stuff that's going on. Is that comfort food? My comfort food, in like five shows for me, is like Carol Burnett. You know, like you said, Sonia on Pluto. They, she, there's a Carol Burnett channel. You know, I just, I, I just chill and watch that. You know, Mr. Show on oh, yeah. HBO. Is a yeah. comfort food for me. You know, you know what, you know what was a com- comfort food I thought it was gonna be, but it wasn't. Like Gumby, I thought Gumby was gonna be a comfort food, and I went and watched Gumby. Gumby is not a comfort food show. No, it is no, not. It's not. It's a piece of garbage. I had no idea why I watched that. See, well, you know? I was talking with a friend of mine, and I said I think the reason people watched a lot of these things is television. Once upon a time, was such a that you would watch anything they put on it. Yeah. Uh, and that's when you look back on some of these things and you said, yeah, this wouldn't, you know, for this wouldn't yeah. fly nowadays. Yeah, Gumby is garbage. Gumby is garbage. Yeah. So David and Goliath, Spongebob is comfort food for me. Wait, wait, wait. You didn't say David and Goliath, did you? No. Yeah, you didn't. I tried to watch David and Goliath. I thought it was going to be comforting. It was not comforting. But Spongebob huh. is. Spongebob is. But it was but it was yeah. SpongeBob is great comfort food. Great for your health. And the regular show. Oh man. Regular show. That, that is, that's good stuff, man. The regular shows is great. Um, it's it's animated. If you are into that kind of stuff, the regular show. The regular show, Sponge. Saint yeah. Elsewhere, yeah. man. Saint Elsewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The entire series. Right. You can, how see, about, you can see Denzel like, become a star on that show. Yeah, yeah. All right, Nikki, how about yours? Get a few from you for your comfort from the shows. Oh, you know mine. Okay. Um, what are they? Good times. Um, um, Sanford and Son, Jefferson. Yeah. All in the Family. Um, what's the other one? Um, oh, I forgot my other one. Um, Barney Miller. That's it. Oh, yeah. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, a lot of good couple shows. And Sonia, do you have a list of at least five of yours? Uh, Jeopardy. Uh, anything Star Trek. 
Even yeah. the bad yeah. episodes. Yeah. Um, I adored the one that's going to be my new comfort food. I have to admit now, there's going to be a particular episode whenever I'm feeling sad. I've got to watch that new that crossover that Strange New Worlds just did with Lower Decks. Okay. Um, and anything mm-hmm. 80s or 70s music. You know how some of these services have dedicated to a decade? I'm finding out I'm getting more and more addicted to 70s and 80s music. Okay. How about you, Cranston? I would say a lot of the uh, older uh, science fiction shows and especially some of the uh, revivals, uh, uh, especially the 80s revival of the Twilight Zone and even the... um, Late 90s Forrest Whitaker version was not as bad as you remember it. If you look at it, again. Uh, things like that. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and a lot of the uh, classic comedies and all the shows that we didn't want to admit that we watched, but we did anyway, like Frasier and um, and uh, Cheers. And well, wait a minute, why, why were you ashamed to watch Frasier? Well, there's this thing where they said that, you know, there were shows that, you know, that just because they were not black shows, like uh, I know a friend of mine said their family would only watch black shows. And that was it. Anything else, they'd turn the TV off or change the channel, but that was it. And so there were a lot of people that watched uh, Frasier and Cheers and um, and uh, Seinfeld, and they didn't admit it, but all of a sudden you mentioned something and they, they can finish out the episode for you. So things like that. Hmm. Let's, well, I'm going to say Frasier makes my list of uh, comfort food TV. I can watch back-to-back like, episodes of Frasier um, because I like Frasier, you know, and Niles, of course, uh, pretty much, you know, throughout, you know, they have some moments that, you know, are not shining moments. But, yeah, I would definitely like uh, Frasier on mine. I like the, um, again, like the regular show to watch Star Trek, especially Voyager. You know, I watch over and over and over again. Star, I mean, uh, was a Twilight Zone. We could not watch Twilight Zone episodes over again. And um, Alfred Hitchcock, also. I mean, those are comfort. You just let them go. We started watching this show we'd never seen before. Decoy. I like that show. You know. Yeah, like a thousand like, episodes of that. It's only one season, but it's like forty-seven episodes. Yeah, I'm really. It's about. It. It's a. It's a it's about a policewoman, um, before you know Angie Dickinson became policewoman, but it's not it's not oppressive or racist or anything like that. It's, I said, wow, this is pretty good, man. It's, yeah, yeah. It's so so right. I'm gonna enjoy it, finding some new things. And if you know we're in that mood, I mean to go back to what is it, Brit Boss and Daily Motion, and watching Inside Number Nine, that show. Oh, oh, and you gotta yeah, say, that, you gotta mm-hmm. say the the detectorist. Oh yeah, the detectorist. I mean, that's what a great show that that's was. That's a that's a robe. That's a fuzzy robe, fuzzy slippers. Yeah, and a hot yeah. cup of cocoa kind of show. Yeah, that is. It really is. I mean, it's it's it's, it's not. I want to say slow is not the word. Relaxed, relaxed pace. You know, good good. I mean, just great characters. You know. Strange, weird people, beautifully done. I mean, just in their lives, just just you know, stuff you wouldn't think about doing with their own little rules and stuff. It was just wonderful. I really like that show a lot. That is definitely, you know, a comfort food show. 
So if you've not ever seen the detectorists, you should try to find it. It's really good. What about being human? Oh my gosh, being human, but only the BBC version. What a, again, gorgeous show. You know, a, a, was it a, a werewolf, a ghost, and a vampire who share an apartment together in Cardiff, Wales? My gosh, what a wonderful show. I mean, that is like the pinnacle of actual horror thriller writing. Um, these people live there, and each one of their uh, monstrous um, elements are actually tied to things like alcoholism, I think uh, sexually transmitted um, disease, um, abuse, um, being uh, being abused. Abuse of relationships. Abuse of relationships. I mean, what? What a great show. But I got to give a shout out, Penelope, to one of my shows. It's, uh, probably nobody else is going to think this is a comfort show. But Dexter is a comfort show to me. Oh, I know it's a comfort show for you. How many times have you seen that show? First I can watch season. it again. Yeah, first season yeah. of Dexter. I, I had to stop watching after that. Yeah, I can watch it watched again. And I'll tell you another show that's not a comfort show, but I think that I would watch most of it again. It's in that same vein. Um, it's unfortunate. It's like by the time the main character starts to get his feet under him, they, they've had enough in getting rid of the show. And uh, that was Hannibal. Because Matt Nicholson, he's, he is so wonderful in the role of Hannibal. But the guy who played Will Graham was not good in that role. But he turns in a great performance in the past. So well, Larry, you know, Larry Fishburne and he Gina was Torres. wonderful as Jack. And Gina Torres as his uh, wife. Wife, my they're, God. They're fa- oh my God, they're fantastic. But they'll, but those three get together. Mags, Mags, yeah. Mags and Lawrence Fishburne, Gina Torres. It's, it's wow. a force. It's the a tour force. Fight scenes I have ever seen in a television show. The Mads Mikkelsen as Hannibal and Larry Fishburne as Jack. That scene was something else. It was fantastic, done in a kitchen, in you know, and the, the moment that you have these two men there, where Jack realizes in that moment who the hell he's dealing with, and that was just fantastic. Wow, I mean, you see, Hannibal is like he's dressed impeccably, always you know, intelligent, erudite. And he is an animal. He is really, truly an animal. You know, just, you know, it is insane that a human being, he's just masquerading as a human being. This is truly an animal, a thing, a savage. So if you ever even go online, look for the fight scene between Hannibal and Jack in Hannibal, Hannibal and Jack. It is phenomenal, just phenomenal. I mean, it's like, what do you do when you're sitting in a room and realize that uh, the person sitting across from you is an attack dog? You know, amazing. But I, I think another show that, I mean, I, I would, we should do another show. I think we should put on our list of possums for next week. 
It's just like today our comfort food shows. We should do, as you indicated, Sonia, a junk food show. What are our favorite junk food shows? You know, things that you have no pride in, but I mean, <laughs> you watch them. And you know, I have no excuse for this show. I can't elevate it in any way, but I watch it again and again. It's complete and total junk food. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. All right. Definitely so heard of, uh, yeah, y'all heard of our comfort foods. So next week, you get to hear our junk food, the shows that nobody should really be watching. And we, if you ask me outside of this, did you watch that show really? I would deny it. Well, power is like that to me. Uh, yeah, for you, I know, I know. I, I, I take no pride in watching everything. I know, I know, yeah. But, you know, but I also take pride in the fact that I know every, what every episode is about. All right, well, we're proud of you. All right. <laughs> I'm not also, also, Penelope, so long to Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Oh, yeah, because we do have to say that. Well, goodbye this week. Arrest him in peace and power, however you want to call it, to Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, that we lost this week at the age of 70. They indicated he'd been ill for a while. And if you look at it, my goodness, the people that he has touched, you know, with the Pee Wee Herman show, even the actors and celebrities that have, you know, been touched by that show. I mean, we talk about Lawrence Fishburne, who's Cowboy Curtis. Um, mm -hmm. We have, uh, uh, who was that? Um, Reba the Mayor, Murkison, Reba the Mail Lady. Jimmy um, Smith. Jimmy Smith, who's in an episode, I can't remember what. He was the one of the repairmen. Yeah, Senna Bernhardt was the telephone operator. And she, the late Bill Hartman was, uh, I think, Jombie the Genie. So Harper was Captain Carl. Oh, yeah. John B. the G was some other guy. I can't even remember his name. But, I mean, I think he he was basically, that was like the biggest part of his career was playing the role of John B. What, what a great, great show. We watched it as our children grew up. Um, I think it was 86, right? First child was born in 87. Um, but we watched the TV's Playhouse and then in reruns. So what a fantastic show. Yeah, he, mean, got, he got arrested for taking out his schlong in Sarasota, Florida. But what else are you going to do in Sarasota? <laughs> Go to the circus? Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you, I mean, I think how unfortunate the person who turned him in did this thought that they were probably... You know, cop. Yeah, cop. yeah, look at me. I probably follow probably him. The only, probably the only porn theater in Sarasota. Come on, really. Yeah, and it's just, just I, I was just saddened, you know, because it did it shut down what continued to be, you know, a really good show. And also to remember, if you will, that, um, Father was played the role of the Oswald Cobblepot's father in Batman. Yep, yep. So, yeah, I mean, he didn't quite totally disappear. And now, but remember also, him was the one of the vampires in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the original Joss Whedon version. Yeah, and, did, and didn't he play Cobblepot's? Didn't he play Cobblepot's father in uh, Gotham? I think he maybe had. I'm thinking maybe he did in Gotham as well. So yeah, so he, you know, the, he does come up 
every you know now and again you know in some feature roles so that is that was a good thing as well but you know previous playoffs in fact we're online today trying to figure out how much uh the peewee's playhouse little things cost the little actual the playhouse playset so we just wondering like how much it could cost in the beginning and how much it's going to cost you know going into the future when people try to get you know all these little mementos you know from their childhood and young adulthood adulthood when they started watching Peewee's Playhouse. Oh, the other character I forgot, Miss Yvonne. Now, the actress who plays Miss Yvonne also plays Charlie's mom in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That was Miss Yvonne. Oh, okay. And you talk about comfort food shows. Uh -huh. One of the comfort, one of the, one of the parts of watching a comfort food show is the music. And you talk about the music from Peewee Herman, yeah. from a lot of the shows that we watch, Star Trek Voyager, you know, the music is part of the comfort. Yeah, when this, the, the theme music comes on and the theme music closes out. And it puts you in the mood. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you, when I hear the theme song, the closing theme of Pee Wee Herman, I'm verklempt when I hear that because I, I have so many memories associated with sitting in different houses as we know, our children growing up and watching the show with them. And so it's an unbearable Clint, you know. And I mean, oh, last person, William Marshall, King of Cartoon. Oh, yeah. King of Cartoon. The, the cartoon. Oh, tell the story how William Marshall got on the show. Yeah, well, there's another guy was King of Cartoon first, Gilbert Lewis. And he, I mean, they don't give too much detail, but basically, it was he did the show at the behest of his grandchildren to do, yes to do the um king of cartoon for peewee herman so it's interesting you know that you know this is something his his kids you know his grandchildren wanted to do that role but i would say like matt mickelson also was encouraged to do a role by his children which is rihanna's video uh that you have my money his kids like you must be in this video <laughs> so now some people get encouraged to get into these things by people that uh they love who know these things but they have no much idea smarter and much much yeah. different than we are yeah. yeah 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 we don't know so i thought that was really cute that his grandkids learning the new cartoon and he did it so that was pretty cute and um, I just really, again, say how sad it is that, um, you know, to lose such a, a talent that's kind of like a hub, you know, for other talents. And it's such a silly show, but as we watch TV Herman and we have been watching it, uh, the colors that they use in the show, bright um, colors, uh, the, the way they move. It's so open-minded. Yes. It's such an open-minded show. Yeah. Yeah. And then teaching, you know, children that things happen, you know, they make mistakes, things that happen that are bad. But, you know, it's all right. You know, we, we go on. And we learn things. And I love the one we watched with Missy Vaughn had to stay at his house for an extended period of time while her house was being worked on. 
and how it was that someone else living in your space and she was basically a person that kind of spread out and took up a lot of uh, his space. You know, be singing about wish she could, you know, go home sooner. And of course, Johnny wished. Did somebody say wish? <laughs> so she could get out of there. But it was really a great show, a lot of fun for adults and kids. Um, they used to have children on the show, if you'll remember at the beginning. And then they took the children off the show, which made the show better. So that's, you know, a thing. Much better show. And, and that is that is a comfort food show. That's to watch you know multiple episodes back to back of Pee Wee Herman and oh, the yeah. regular show, a back to back episodes of the regular show. I like Adventure Time, but the regular show is a comfort food. I can watch it back to back to back to back to back. See, I kind of feel that way about Sesame Street and all of those old PBS shows. Oh, for me, that's Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I, I, I oh, watch, yeah, Mr. Rogers, I can watch. Um, hours of Mr. Rogers, get my head right. That's but I'm finding like the new Danielle Tiger show that they have, it's not the same. No, feel. it's not. Not at all. Just, I, and I think it's because it was Mr. Rogers. Yeah, it's Mr. Rogers, that the Mr. Rogers neighborhood. And I just absolutely love this show. In times when things are like very tragic and rough, I watch Mr. Rogers to recenter myself. Yeah, when I'm feeling, um, I can't find the right word, uh, mischievous, kind of, I, I find myself talking in um, meow, meow, pussycat type stuff. You really don't want it. You know, that kind of Penelope, high voice. If you talk that way about Penelope, she would kill you. I'm never sarcastic around Penelope, though. She would kill you. But you know what? Fred Rogers is such a kind and gentle soul. Yes. And and one of, and one of the the the, the finest uh, um, examples of that is when he had to go to Congress to ask for uh, additional congressional assistance for PBS, and this Republican congressman say, "You don't need this money," and blah blah blah. And so by the end of this this encounter with Fred Rogers, he's giving Rogers more money than he asked for. Yeah. Rod Rogers, that's you know what I we talk about today. You know, we had a conversation between Otto and myself, and we're saying how it was in this life that we live in right now that there is no sacrifice. People don't want to sacrifice nothing. You know, I said, and we have to look back in the '60s and come to the realization that we were living among saints and martyrs without ever realizing it. I mean, people who put everything on the line up to and including their lives in order to change the way this world worked. And that, I mean, now we're just like mired in dens of iniquity with people who have worked very, very hard to make us only want money more and more things and stuff, um, separating ourselves from our fellow human beings. Um, to make us mire ourselves in untruth and lies so we don't make good and right decisions, that we don't support what we should truly be supporting and to fragment us. And that's what's happened. And when I look back and say, my gosh, we lived among saints and martyrs and had no idea, you know, that they were giving everything, you know, that 
as they say in uh, what is it the um uh, what's called the um what's called address um by um Lincoln you know the last measure of devotion you know that they gave you know this you know looking forward to what would happen to us and now look at this place you know they have destroyed the environment encouraged you know all sorts of you know abominations against children women men too all of it and it's just so distressing you know and again no one wants to sacrifice you know every and and i understand why people don't want to sacrifice i mean it's the propaganda because sacrifice has been you know very well done you know in this country and in the world well, that's what i think gen z gets it the younger generations get it but they're having hard time we the older members of our of our generation criticize them for it they call them lazy it's like no we just want to balance our lives yeah i mean and also i think it's very important for children and young adults to understand the mm -hmm. benefits of living at home because when people separate you from your tribe the whole point is to get you out there by yourself so you can be changed molded you know throw you in their lane to create you know to, to treat you to be a certain way that um is not beneficial to you you just stay in the fold as long as you can stay protected as long as you can they cannot sell you another refrigerator if you don't go out and buy another house they can't sell you another washer and dryer if you don't go out and get your new house they don't want you to stay where it is comfortable and inexpensive so that you can live you know a quiet happy life they want you to go out there and you know buy things get into debt work yourself to death and we need to tell our children our grandchildren our friends it's okay to not do that it is okay for you not to be chasing down dollars and cents you know groveling having to have this thing have to be here if i don't have my own place and i'm not an adult that's bullshit. you know that's these are the lies that commercialism tells you in order to grab not just your money but your self-esteem and your dignity so you know I'm get off my soapbox but people need to find their comfort shows and remember what it feels like to watch them it feels well what it feels like to be comfortable to not you know be in this situation of stress and when you feel that comfort level that's when you start making your decisions not when you're stressed out the way they want us to be making decisions while we're stressed get to that comfort couch you know let it let it go relax let your brain relax and you'll be making better decisions so, exactly so y'all know it's late I thank you all very much for joining us tonight. This has been a great show in the neighborhood, in the otherhood. So um, we'll be back again next week with our topic that I'm definitely going to try to stay on target with this, which is our junk food shows. So back here again, same bat time, same bat channel. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful remainder of your weekend and a productive week. Good night. Good night. Good night.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.